coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Gold Shovel! <laughs> it's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including a tease for a new Twitch a Switch peripheral. And then on Thursday, we are finally going to have our good old-fashioned Nintendo job swap. And I know what you're thinking. Weren't you going to do that last week? Uh, yeah. We then were. a Nintendo Direct happened. And what do you and want honest, us to do? Yeah, seriously. Which one would you rather us talk about? I'm, this Thursday's episode is going to be great. We're going to have a ton of fun. Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah. You know, it's kind of the dog days of summer. I don't really know what that saying means, but I'm attributing it to like this time of year. I assume that it is temperature related. Because mm, um, like hot dogs? Because mm, of hot dogs, but also because of the saying three dog night. Which is, you're familiar with, and also there's a band, Three Dog right. Night. Right, I'm, I'm familiar with the band, I don't know the genesis of the name. So the genesis of the name is that, like, when you were a uh, rancher, right, you're a cowboy, uh -huh. and you are uh, herding these cattle out on the plains, um, that uh, you would sleep with your dogs when it was cold. And if it was an especially cold night, you would need to have three dogs around you. So you'd be like, uh-oh, getting chilly, it's a real three-dog night. Oh, wait. So the dog days of summer is not that it's hot, it's that it's cold? No. Three dog night is definitely temperature related. Okay. So I am taking, I'm saying, okay, all dog sayings must be temperature related. And you say the dog days of summer. So I go, there we go. Temperature related. Gotcha. It's summer. Here's where I thought you were going with the uh, three dog night thing. Yes. Was that when it's really hot outside, ranchers have to bring three dogs with them to help them herd the cattle because cattle get crazy when it's hot outside, so it's real hard to herd them. Oh, sure. They get, like, the crazy sweats. Yes. Yeah, I, I would buy that. <laughs> I believe it. Hey, speaking of weather, we've got an email from uh, a listener asking about weather, uh, and I feel like we're going to have to disappoint him. Uh, he has two questions. So this is from Pete. Um, Pete says, Hi, guys. Um, as Patrick already knows, I'm heading your way next week uh, next weekend to check out Galaxy's Edge and the rest of Disneyland. My plan is to continue my Super Metroid run on the plane. However, I know the uh, SNES app needs to check in an, for an active uh, subscription periodically. Any chance you guys could give me a rundown on how that process works? I don't really want to be stuck in the air without Wi-Fi and not be able to play. Also, what are the odds you could bring back the weather segment, uh, but instead give me a forecast from Monday the 16th and Tuesday the 17th in Anaheim? Um, it's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. It's been hot in Southern California. Yep. Um, if, it, uh, if the high is below 90, we'll be lucky. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Uh, the so, second part of it, yes, or is, the first part, rather, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes, the first part that we are addressing second, yes, is that all you have to do, if it's like the NES online, and we have no reason to think it isn't, um, you just had have to have connected to the internet, or like, you had you have to have like logged in to the NES Switch online while connected to the internet once in the past week. 
Right. So um, a quick, easy way to make sure that you are doing... I think just if you're connected to the internet and you use the uh, Super NES uh, uh, app, that it, that'll just do it automatically. Yeah. But if you want to like be double careful and like force the issue, like try to uh, pair up with someone who's playing it um, or you know just like send an invite to someone because then it will have to... Um, ping the network to like oh know yeah that but it's connected that that part's not necessary probably not necessary you can totally do it if you want like why not reach out to somebody make a connection yeah. but yes you don't have to right um and it's good for like a month right or a, a week. week a week okay that's pretty good yeah that's not bad it's not bad you know what's also not bad uh well we may have to argue about this one sonic forces is not bad also not bad our sonic forces borrowing program would you like to borrow my copy of sonic forces you can all you gotta do is send us an email at nintendo cartridge society at gmail.com and uh, give us your mailing address and we mail my copy of sonic forces for the nintendo switch to you and then at some point you mail it back it costs you nothing zero dollars and zero cents and zero half cents and while you're sending that email why don't you send us your mario maker 2 levels yes so we have been getting some super mario maker 2 uh levels yeah from thank listeners. you so much yes thank, thank you uh edward tweeted us uh, a level and uh mark you played that one right before we uh hopped on mic mm-hmm. you want to tell us about that one short and sweet just mm. the way i like it yes uh pretty well, straightforward yep. um i liked it we'll include the uh, code. Yeah, the, in the, the show level notes code here. It was like a low gravity. Um, kind oh, of. Oh yeah, kind I think it was actually the first time that I've played one of those moon levels, and the entire time I was like avoiding the moon. Yeah. Because I thought it was gonna be like the sun, but I should have known that it was the opposite of the sun, and that it was actually like good if you hit it. Yeah, I mean, it wipes everyone off off the uh, all the bad guys, the enemies off the map, kills them all. Um. So that one was uh, nice, super uh, short and sweet. Um, We also got an email from uh, Jared, um, and he sent us a level uh, called Cold Muncher Mountain. We will include the the code in the show notes. uh, he says in his email, Super Mario Brothers 3 style, Mario Raccoon re- required, gotta use the tail inside the mountain for a quick trip up and then a quick trip back down again. Couple of checkpoints, nothing too crazy. Um, so it, this did include one thing that was uh, crazy in that I did not know it was a feature of the physics of Super Mario Brothers 3. If you are flying with the raccoon suit and you hop on an enemy it resets your flying timer, right? Like when you run and you jump and you start flying, uh, Mario will fly for a certain amount of time. And when that time is up, then he starts to like fall to the earth. However, if you land on an enemy before the flying is done, it resets that timer. Um, So there's a vertical section where you need to like kind of zigzag back and forth here and jump on, not jump, but like fly down, like dive bomb a Goomba and um, keep flying up. We didn't know that. No, I had no idea. It makes me wonder if this is a feature of Super Mario Brothers 3 or if it's something that's just in Mario Maker 2. Yeah, I, 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 I do not know. And I was playing it with you on the couch next to me and Sarah in the room, and all three of us were like, how do you do this? How, how, do, you, how do you do this, guys? But then it was actually kind of gratifying to be like, let me try one thing mm-hmm. um, and then uh, land it and do it and feel good about it. Uh, Jeremy's also got, or Jared also has a question. Uh, we want to answer the question? Yeah. Okay. He says, also, uh, let's say from here on out, you are limited to one hour a week of video games. How would you spend that time? Uh, all at once or would you spread it out over the course of the week? Mm-hmm. Would you play a large game like Breath of the Wild in hour chunks? 
um, it likely take a couple of years to finish. Or maybe you play Tetris 99 for 15 minutes here and there throughout the week. Uh, do you even bother playing new games or do you stick to games you already know and love? I'll hang up and listen. Uh, thank you, by the way, and turn down your radio. Um, thanks for all the work you put in the podcast. I enjoy listening each week. Jared in Michigan. So there are some weeks where I feel like I only have an hour to play video games. Um, I think I do it a chunk at a time. Yeah. Because an hour at a time? I think so. Because even now, like, if I'm sitting down to play something like Fire Emblem Three Houses, I get psyched out if I'm like, oh, I only have a few minutes to play here or there. I, when I have an opportunity to play video games, I like to like really settle in and, you know, like build a nest of it. Yeah. I mean, kind of, otherwise it, almost feels like i am uh like playing them to like waste the time do you know what i mean like if i'm doing five minutes here or like 10 minutes here it's kind of because like i just don't know what to do with those 10 minutes and like that's as you know play super mario run on my phone or like do a tetris 99 is like that's going to eat up that time and that's not that's no way to live a life right i mean i think tetris 99 is maybe the example of where you could do something like mm, that, mm-hmm. but I feel like these bigger experiences, it's hard to do, especially like an RPG or something. It's hard to do in just like 15 minute chunks. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it, the uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses is a, gr- a great example of like a game when I've got 20 minutes that I'm not even going to turn on because it doesn't make sense for me to engage with it. Like, Yeah, that. even like an hour, I'm hard pressed. Yeah, kind of, especially if like you just finished a battle and you're about to like head into a segment where you're going to want to like you know explore the uh monastery especially before the time jump like i spend so much time walking around the monastery um before the time jump trying desperately sweatily to (laughs) recruit students who are just going to reject me over and over again um and you know you need time to heal from that heartbreak do you think you would do only old games or do you would you try to experience like new games in this one hour oh i i would embrace the futility and try to play new games i mean it's i i feel like we are even though uh we are not throttled in that same way you know of, of one hour like you do have a limited amount of time to play games um and uh so i would continue to split my time between very futilely trying to play the new games that I think are going to be cool and, you know, playing Link to the Past for the uh, 30th time. I definitely think I'd become more picky about games. Yeah. Where it was just like, oh, if this hasn't really grabbed me after two hours, yeah, then that, maybe and I'm that's just moving two on. two weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, one, one more email before we move on into the rest of the show. Uh, we got an email from Lizzie, who, if you remember, Lizzie won our Donkey Kong 3 contest. Um, and Mark mailed her some socks. Uh, so she emails us, uh, and the subject line here is Donkey Kong, more like Donkey Long socks. Email reads as follows The pun is bad, my apologies. Thanks for the socks, guys. They are better than any prize I could have imagined. Here's a fun fact about me my feet are really small. I can even fit in. <laughs> these socks are so big. Yep. I can fit into <laughs> children's shoes. Uh, and these socks are massive. I'm thrilled about it. In case you don't believe me, I've attached an illustration. Here are <laughs> the socks uh, with the caption As you can see, the heel of the sock is at my calf. Thanks for, for being a great podcast, Lizzie. Lizzie, thank you for being a great listener yeah thank you so much and thank you to everybody who writes into us or tweets at us we love it we do uh look it makes the show more fun we get to be like a nice conversational thing where like we're not just talking to each other which i also like yeah don't get me wrong no don't don't do it (laughs) all right uh let's get into what we've been playing 
So I'm slowly making my way through Hollow Knight, really mm-hmm. almost at this like hour by hour pace. Yes. Um, I don't really have hour by anything hour. new to say about it. it. Just that I am I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, I've also been playing a little bit of Fire Emblem Three Houses. Mm-hmm. So this is not, I guess, like a real spoiler, but I am going to talk about one event that happens in the game, like while you're at the monastery. So I guess heads up for that. Okay. Uh, there's like a fishing tournament. Sure. This is a low stakes one. Oh yeah, this is we're just gonna. This is a non-spoiler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it's about a fishing tournament, it is non-spoiler. So there's a fishing tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, you get like fifty tournament bait. Yes. And you can try to catch a fish for uh, how do you say her name? Like Phelan, Fallon. Oh, Flane. Flane. Yeah. Um, you try right? to the, yeah the, yes I think the L way F L A Y N. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and you try to catch a fish. That's special for her. You don't know what kind of fish. So I looked it up online. Yeah. And it has to be like a. When you're fishing in Fire Emblem Three Houses, there's. You like put the bait, you throw it, and then there's indicators for what size of fish there is. There's blue, which is small, mm-hmm. red, which is big. Then apparently there's like a yellow or gold one. Yeah. And that's the one that Flane wants. Yes. But out of 50 bait, I never even saw. Really? A yellow fish. And here's the thing. Yes. Is that with one bait, you get like three or... If you don't catch the first one that comes by, you can right. see like three or four fish. So I have to, next time I play, reload my save file. No. Because there's no way that I'm not catching this gold fish. Here's... Okay. This have is my you, Moby Dick. Have you only... It's like a fish to fish. It's pretty close. <laughs> I know a whale's not a fish. <laughs> um... Have you? Are you just discovering like fishing now? I really? I did it like you know the first time you're exploring, you can pretty much just like yeah. go around and do everything. And I did it that first time. Yeah, but just I, to do it. Yeah, I just haven't really gone back to it because it's not even like um a true. It's not like a particularly fun. I don't like fishing mini games and games anyways. No, not and this do I. is not a particularly compelling version of it. Here's the thing: it being so simple and like you don't have to do any of this like pulling back on the rod and right. letting out a little bit. Um, it actually makes it a fishing mini game that I like better than all other fishing. Well, that's why I games. don't mind the idea of having to do this again fifty yeah. times. Yeah, yeah, is because yeah, I hate. All right, we haven't even gotten to it yet, but Link's Awakening. Yeah, it has that like fishing mini game where you're trying to get the big fish where there's all like the little fish and you yeah. have to yeah. kind of direct it and all that kind of stuff. Also there's like Don't a bottle like down there or something. My least absolute least favorite fishing mini game was the one from Twilight Princess. Yes. Because I could not figure out those motion controls for the life of me. No, they don't make any sense. I feel the same way about the fishing in uh, uh, Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. Where I'm just like, I don't don't make me do this. Yeah. What do I need a heart container piece? No. <laughs> Uh, so Hollow Knight, great. Fire Emblem Three Houses, great. And of course, SNES games, yeah, great. Played some Stunt Race FX. Mm. That game, uh, unplayable, <laughs> real ugly. Yeah, um, real, real tough to play. I actually got better at it because I, I did the first whole like beginners course. So it was like four levels and like the bonus match. I did not finish a course <laughs> when I tried to play Stunt Race FX. It controls completely crazy. Yeah. Um, but I, I, after a while, that like muscle memory of doing those tracks so many times yeah. kicked in. So I was able to complete it. I can't believe I put so much time into that game as a kid. Yeah. But I love the fact 
that it is included in the SNES online. Yeah, I mean, it is. Uh, it, it falls in the same category for me as Star Fox, where you're like, it's incredible that the Super Nintendo was able to do this. Uh, how can anyone play it? It runs at like a frame a second. <laughs> um, it just a huge hot mess. Um, I uh, hope to spend a little bit more time getting into the um, Super Nintendo library on there. Um, this week, this last week, I was in um, San Francisco and Santa Cruz and kind of traveling around, so I didn't have a lot of time to play games. I did, however play Tetris 99 with the new um, with the new features, including the Invictus mode, which again, you can only, it's just normal Tetris 99, except the only people who can play it are people who have won first place in uh, Tetris 99. So the competition is ferocious, or as Sarah and I have taken to saying, the tish is frosh. Um, so uh, the best that we've, either of us have done in it so far, she's gotten a third or fifth place victory, something like that. Not victory, you still lose. Um, and I've gotten in the top 50. Mm. <laughs> so I uh, hope to uh, get better at that. But it actually, I feel like it makes the regular version of the game a little bit easier. That's what I'm hoping. Um, so uh, that's good. We also checked out the two-player uh, mode. It is just two people against uh, 97 computer-controlled opponents. Oh, it's not online? Yeah, it's gotcha. not online, um, which is a little bit of a bummer, and I'm not sure why it's a bummer, but like playing against like because really what's functionally what's the difference right um but uh so i don't know i'm not going to be uh digging into that too much but the daily missions are a totally excellent reason to go back into this thing um where you go and like boot up the game and it gives you four little activities that you can do where it's like uh score uh, one from today was uh score five triples in marathon mode uh, so you just play through one thing of marathon and you score your five triples and then you get some tickets use the tickets to buy new themes one of the themes is super mario brothers and like uh, yeah this is like basically the kind of stuff that we'd been asked or i'd been asking for i was so uh hopeful that yeah. it would have the fire emblem three houses theme oh no it's uh, it's all those they're all new look maybe maybe the uh those themes will like come in uh later that they'll like slowly add them back or not no one knows here's the last thing i've been playing mark on the santa cruz boardwalk uh, it's like an amusement park there, right? There are uh, roller coasters and like dark room rides and stuff like that. Uh, there's also a big old arcade. Um, and I got my hands on the Donkey Kong arcade machine. Uh, and my friends were like, hey, Patrick, you know how to play Donkey Kong, right? And I said, yeah. I know. I mean, I'm no Billy Mitchell, but I know how to play Donkey yeah, Kong. Yeah, because you're not a cheater. I am not a cheater, Billy. So I played some Donkey Kong. Uh, I set the uh, first two high scores on there, on, on the machine at the Santa Cruz Boardwalk. Uh, I was uh, only momentarily happy about it. And then I was like, they probably unplug this thing at night or turn it off, <laughs> right? Like, there, there's no way those are scores going back. Because we're talking... I don't know. Do you think they just have, like, one giant switch that shuts down power <clears> for the <throat> entire boardwalk? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Um, but it was fun. It was fun to play uh, Donkey Kong in a public setting and have people be like, wow, you're, you know, like, that's nice. It's a nice feeling for someone to be like, hey, you're good at this game uh, that's, like, 40 years old. All right, Mark, let's, uh, that's, that's what we've been playing. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Uh, yesterday on the 9th of September, Celeste re released a new DLC, Ooh. Chapter 9, mm -hmm. which is kind of like an epilogue that is supposedly or seemingly like kind of like a little standalone story 
introduces some new mechanics. Um, it's completely free if you already own Celeste. Seems all like the reviews and everything have been very glowing. I loved my time with Celeste. This feels Celeste is hard, yeah, and right, and it like builds in difficulty. So the idea of I haven't played it for like two years of right. jumping in back into like chapter nine feels kind of overwhelming. But I think it's really cool that they've done this. It's kind of saying like a farewell to Celeste mm-hmm. in a in a way. But um, I, I'm unclear if you have to beat the core game to get to chapter nine, but I think so, just because there are eight chapters in the game, so it follows yeah. that this would be like the finale. Um, that's cool, and it came out uh, September 9th, 2019, uh, coinciding with the 20-year anniversary of the Sega Dreamcast. That's right. Uh, 9999, same day as the uh, Video Music Awards that year, I believe. <laughs> No, maybe it was the the. What, did I say? Would I say video awards? Yeah, the, was it the blockbuster movie awards? No, so it's definitely an MTV awards show. I think it was the MTV movie awards. Oh, okay. But who can remember? So many great award shows. Right, that uh, the Emmys. <laughs> and then on September twelfth, Overcooked Two: Carnival of Chaos, which I believe is a DLC, is released. Oh, now that's interesting. Uh, Overcooked is a game that I. Uh, always forget about. Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever there's a new pack of like DLC like this, it's a good reason for Sarah and I to scream at each other in a fun way. Yeah, it's cathartic. Yeah. Um. Well, no, no, no. Just in a fun way. Like we're having fun. Yeah, but I mean, I think I not for like your relationship or anything. I see, I'm just I see, saying, I like see. screaming is cathartic in general. That's true. Um, try it, won't you? Uh. <laughs> Sinking City comes out on September 12th as well. Mm-hmm. And then Arcade Archives Track and Field. I have it highlighted here. This is not a game that I uh, specifically have played, but I will forever have room in my heart for these old like 18-slash-16-bit track and field games. Yeah. Um, just because it reminds me so much of childhood. Um, now, obviously, this isn't a power pad game, right? No, no, no. It, it, is, it was an arcade game. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. And then on September 13th, Star Wars Pinball is released and Demon X Machina. Um, hard to believe that that game is out already. I know. And then that means we're literally one week away from Zelda. Mark, I only have one hour a week I can play video <laughs> games. How do you expect me to, to budget time to replay a Game Boy game I played 25 <laughs> years ago? I mean, I'm going to do it. Yeah, me too. Uh, All right, let's get out of these new releases. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Uh, Mark, today we are going to be talking about cartoons that we remember that we don't think other people remembered. Uh, and we stumbled upon on this because you are thinking about centurion I, I think that's what it was called is it singular or plural the plural okay centurion because this was definitely you know one of those cartoons that ended up being in made in probably like the late in the 80s that i yeah. definitely didn't see in its original run but uh it was on like cartoon network a lot when i was a kid sure um before they started making their own cartoons and it was all just like weird Hanna barbera yeah 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 um so it was oh man what a time to be alive it was definitely made for a toy line uh-huh. because they were these rad soldiers, right? Real beefy dudes mm-hmm. who 
they would transform into these centurions, which basically meant that they got into these suits with um, holes in them that then these, like, accessories, you know, like a Gatling gun that has pegs on the end could, like, attach into their suit. I mean, it was literally just animating the toy. Yeah, I mean, that that sounds a lot like ExoSquad. Do you remember ExoSquad? Mm, um, no. Is, uh, <laughs> very good, very good. ExoSquad, uh, it, it was big, beefy dudes. They would get inside, like, mech suits. Uh, I don't believe they would transform in any way. Um, but, they, yeah, I mean, it was basically just a G.I. Joe meets, like, robots. Yeah. Another one of those, like, beefy dude. And this one, I feel like they were in a Geico commercial. So this one, obviously, is less obscure but it was thundar the barbarian sure Do you remember this one yeah so it was like the whole setup was like in the year 1996 a comet like travels between the earth and the moon and pulls the moon's gravitational like field off of it i remember 1996 <laughs> and so i was 14 like, i remember the entire world transforms into this hellscape mm. and thundar is basically he-man right but just in a mutant earth so uh, that's mutant Earth, huh? <laughs> so the uh, that's weird. I, in my head, I feel like that's crossing with um the Wonder Twins cartoon. Hmm. Um, but they didn't live in like a post-apocalyptic post-apocalyptic Earth, weren't they? Just like superheroes. superheroes? Yeah, were they maybe. part of the Super Friends? Look, man, I don't know. I don't know uh, either. It's, we it's barely not, remember we these We barely cartoons. remember these things. Here's one that I was recalling with um, a previous guest, uh, Colin J. Morris, um, over the weekend. Um, there was a, and I believe it to be a three-episode uh, miniseries uh, on Fox called Red Planet um, that was about, like, a colony on Mars. This was a cartoon miniseries? Yes. Okay. And it was also, like... How was I plugged in? Why did I know it existed? Why did I know when to tune into it? Did they air all three episodes at once? Were it three consecutive days? Three consecutive weeks? Who can even remember? Um, but it was so it was human beings on Earth, and they have uh, like a colony, and they uh, water is a precious resource, um, and so they store it in tanks and stuff. And it is a they are occasionally beset by these like giant red dog creatures that would attack and try to eat their water. Um, and they referred to these as water seekers, right? <laughs> but it's a water, the bad guys were water seekers. And then they had this like small gooey blob of hair and tentacles named Willis, who was like their cute buddy. Um, and when Willis knew that there were water seekers around, he would go, water seekers. And it was really like cute and, uh, and weird. And this is all I can remember about the show. What, was it like Saturday morning cartoon? I don't know. I wonder if it was like a failed TV series. So like not actually a mini series. Just Great point. Yeah. That like, that was the three part pilot or something. Right. Cause like a lot of the shows like that started with multi episode pilots, like the Ninja Turtles started that way. Um, I'm sure every Ninja Turtles knockoff started that way. Um, yeah, it's just weird to think then that they wouldn't have picked up the show but still aired it. Or maybe they did pick up I the show. I guess it's a sunk cost, right? but we'll never know for sure. Uh, we were accompanied today. Hold on, wait. I didn't actually write this down. By Armin Fuchs on the piano. Thank you, Armin. You have accompanied us so many times before, and you have not failed us here. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. Last Thursday, just one day after last week's Nintendo Direct, Nintendo released a teaser for a new experience 
uh, coming to Switch mm. with the promise that more details would be revealed this Thursday on September 12th. Um, what do we think? Netflix? This whole... <laughs> that the Oh, I see. I understand. No, I don't. Oh, okay. Because they then showed... The, the teaser itself shows this new apparatus, this new mm. peripheral mm. that seems to be like... A, it's a circle that... Like a hula hoop? It is like made out of like resistive like rubber or okay. plastic or something. And you attach a Joy-Con into it. Then you also strap a Joy-Con onto like your leg or your arm. And then we see people doing kind of fitness related things, maybe. Interesting. Now, this is a place where the Wii branding is going to be missing. Because it's not a, we're not on Wii anymore, right? right? Um, but like that was a like Wii Fit and uh, Wii Sports. Like I feel like the Wii, obviously, it also did like music and uh, you know Wii Play and stuff like that. But I feel like the physicality of the motion control games is like synonymous with the name Wii. Yeah, and we just don't have that now. Well, so the thing I thought was interesting is that Wii Fit was very much like, um in my memory of like all the branding and the commercials and everything was hey this is like a a time for yourself right you're yeah. exercising mm-hmm. you're centering you're balancing um it, it it's time for you whereas this even though it was very like physical and seemed like it was kind of about like strength or endurance it was a party game oh interesting right? like the trailer itself was every um it showed left like a bunch of cities like it'd be like madrid kyoto seattle calgary and it was different groups of people watch, you know, like playing and laughing and watching somebody kind of doing these ridiculous things. I'm wondering, it seems to me, based purely on this teaser, is that it's kind of a mix between one, two, switch and like a Wii Fit type thing. I don't really know what to Boy, make that, of it. That seems the like a weird fit. The trailer right? is weird. Um, you know, having, uh, you know, most of the Wii... Uh, generation pass as I lived in apartments with like roommates and stuff. I always found it embarrassing to mess around with the Wii Fit um, with people around. Totally. Uh, so I, I don't know if making it like a party game alleviates that or makes it worse. Well, I mean, the other thing is that like in this teaser, the again, like the people weren't wearing like workout clothes sure. or anything. There, it really looks like a party game sort of vibe. Um. I'm very, I'm very curious to see what this is. Yeah. Well, and it could also just be that uh, that's just what they think is how to market it. Sure. Totally. Um, or market it uh, in, in the States. That's got to be a nightmare trying to figure out how to market like Nintendo experiences. Yeah. Never figured out how to market Wii Music. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. We will find out more this Thursday, September 12th. We'll be talking about it, I'm sure, next week. Yep. Uh, speaking of Nintendo peripherals, Nintendo also filed patents for a hinged Joy-Con. It the way it's set up is like it seems like the top half or the top third of it is on a hinge and it's also separate from the hinge is separate from the rails right that slide into the switch. So it would you, have to be yeah. So you'd be able to like slide into the switch but then also um kind of like bend back that top third or top half. I have no idea what this is necessarily used for. Do you think it's more ergonomic? Like, do you think there's no game necessarily around it? It's just like, here's yeah. a different way to hold your Switch. I mean, no. It seems like that would make the thumbsticks harder to reach, right? If they're, like, behind the screen? Yeah. 
Do you think that there, I mean, there must be some sort of like any uh, bendable or like any hinges must be with a Joy-Con that is like fundamentally different from the Joy-Con as we see it or encounter it now, right? I mean, based on the patent, which is just an illustration, right? Yeah. That it appears to be almost entirely the same. Let me ask you this. Uh, where's the accelerometer in those things? So like if you are bending it, it, could that be like part of an input? Mm, interesting. Like, will the game read that you're bending uh, a Joy-Con back and forth? And also, just because there's a patent doesn't guarantee that we'll necessarily like see something. We come will from it. definitely <laughs> see something come from this. Well, speaking of which, oh, they also filed a patent for a new VR headset. Mm-hmm. They don't specifically call out the Switch, but they do show like a tablet-like device that basically looks like a Switch going into a more permanent looking housing for a VR component than, say, something like the um, Labo VR. Yeah, which uh, would be nice because, again, the Labo VR has no way to stick to your head. Right, you're just holding it up to your face. Yeah, with the very hands that are also controlling the inputs. It's such a weird thing because, like, I was thinking about my PlayStation VR um, uh, this weekend uh, and talking about the Iron Man game that's coming out uh, and just being like, oh, that would be a fun thing to buy, but I also don't really want to invest in the move controllers mm-hmm. um to actually like make that work but like the joy cons are based they're basically move controllers like like they'll track the the motion and like the accelerometer and then are also like have all these buttons i mean they're it's different but yeah it's, they're not like move controllers they're more like if you were holding just a like playstation 4 controller in your hand, right? Because it has, like, accelerometers and everything. Wait, do, do the PS4 controllers have that? Or is that 6-axis stuff only That 6-axis stuff is in, is in the past, yeah. Um, I, it does have the, uh, like, light sensor, so it can tell, like, positionally where it is. Hmm. But I understand your point. Yeah. Um, so, also, some additional bits of news that we got following up on some announcements from last week's Nintendo Direct. So... Ever since the NES Nintendo Switch Online has been revealed, they pretty consistently every month released three new NES games and an SP version, at yeah. least. Or two and an SP version. Yeah. So with the release of the SNES Nintendo Switch Online, Nintendo has reported that no longer are games for these um, platforms going to come out on a consistent basis. They still plan to add new games, but it won't be on, like, a month-by-month cadence. That's a thing of the past. Yeah. Which, one, makes sense, uh, given, I'm sure, like, how labor-intensive it is to make these all these games, like, online compatible. Sure. Uh, a little bit of a bummer, on one hand, in the sense that, like, oh, it would so be cool to get the Donkey Kong Country games on here, or... Um, they're, you know, like Chrono Trigger or whatever. Right. But on the other hand, even now, there are just so many games on the SNES online that I don't know when I'm ever going to be able to play them. Yeah, totally. So the, like, collector part of me or the, oh, I want everything available to me all the time yeah, part of my brain is like, oh, yeah, every game should be available. But the other, the other part of me is like, they could add 100 games to this. And it, realistically, I'm never going to be able to play right. the vast, vast, vast majority of them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really, for the most part, not functionally different than just having Super Mario World, Yoshi's Island, <laughs> Super Metroid, and Link to the Past in there. Like, that's those are the, really the games that you're going to want to spend like a lot of time with. I mean, it's also, 
uh, just saying that they're not going to have a regular monthly drop of games uh, doesn't mean that the pace of game releases is going to slow down. It might mean it speeds up. That's like, true. We haven't seen for sure. I think historically, yeah, they don't. There's not a great precedent for that, right? Um, but you know, also historically, uh, you know, like when when the Wii shop uh, originally started, that's they did like a pretty steady rollout of um, new Nintendo and Super Nintendo and um, like Genesis games, kind of every week for a while, right? Um, or maybe just every month. Um, and then like it would go quiet for a while and then there would be like a whole bunch like that all that all comes at once. I feel like that's still that that is really more the kind of release that, that we're going to see. Um, and I, I think it'll be interesting to see them kind of balance that out with um, individual publishers realizing that there's gold in them, their hills and that they can release collections on their own. Um, like, you know, Square Enix could very easily decide to put out a. Um, Final Fantasy, Chrono Trigger, um, you know, Final Fantasy 4 and 6 and Chrono Trigger collection and, uh, you know, charge 40 bucks for it and we'll do it. Totally. And I, I mean, I think that the PlayStation, or excuse me, the Final Fantasy, the releases that they've already done on Switch, yeah. where it's like, okay, here's seven, that's going to be 20 bucks. Here's eight, that's going to be, I don't even know what it is, 30 bucks or whatever. I think it's also 20. Yeah, yeah. Like whatever the pricing is, like if you put Chrono Trigger on this and asked told me that I need to pay 20 bucks. Yeah, done. I would 100% do that. Yeah. It's uh, one of the greatest games of all time. Like yeah. totally worth it to me. And so I'm I'm okay I I would love that. I'm I hope that becomes a thing. Uh one thing that I didn't write down here is that Square Enix has announced in Japan they're releasing Dragon Quest 1, 2 and 3. Oh yeah. Um for Switch. It will have English language version. So if you bought like the Japanese version, you would be able to play it in English. Um they haven't released it or announced a Western release for it, but it's and it's like, all region free, so you should be able to do it. Yeah, like go for it. But that's the sort of thing where I'm like, yeah, like absolutely, I'm willing to pay what you uh like the twenty bucks for some of these games. Like they don't need to be free or whatever with uh the SNES Switch Online. Yeah, I mean the the value in the SNES uh, Switch Online is is there. Like, bet- between the SNES and the NES, there are so many uh, really great games on there that, like, the 20 bucks you spend a year, like, is is justified. Um, and then also, you get Tetris 99. So, like, what, what are we even talking about? That game's worth $100 right now, once. Buy it once. <laughs> uh, we also got some additional details about Overwatch coming to Switch. So, there's going to be no cross-play at launch which I think makes a lot of sense. Um, one, it gives an, op- an opportunity for new people to yeah. potentially jump into it. And two, I'm assuming, I'm not really like one for, I'm not a stickler for this sort of stuff, but I'm assuming that like the frame rate is going to be lower on the Switch version than probably like the PS4 version or whatever, yeah. or the PC version. And so it just gives everybody, you know, everybody playing on the Switch an equal it's a level playing yeah field. level playing field um uh, let me ask you this is overwatch currently uh cross play with the other platforms i don't know i don't believe I don't that know. it is um i mean obviously uh like ps4 pro can play with other ps4s um and 1x to 1s and just regular old vanilla one i'm sure um but i don't believe you can play from like xbox to playstation as it is, so um, it would maybe be a bigger story if it was crossplay. We also talked a little bit last week um, in the aftermath of the direct, just how like the Nintendo Switch Online 
with the voice chat, um, as more and more of these online games come online, it feels like it's kind of like missing something. Yeah. And we mentioned at the time that the Switch like supports native voice chat in games if developers want to utilize it. So basically, you don't have to have Nintendo Switch online for voice chat. You can just do it in the game hosted by like the company's developer server, publisher servers. Yeah. And so Overwatch will have that functionality. You'll be able to voice chat. You'll just do it directly through Overwatch, and that'll be on like Blizzard servers. Um, good. I think that's a uh, that I the more publishers like uh, make that standard on Switch, I think the more Nintendo is going to see the value in it. And hopefully we'll, uh, you know, migrate that thing from the app to just doing in-game uh, voice communication in the future. Also, Star Wars Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast was announced for a September 24th release. At the time, they mentioned specifically that, like, you get all the single-player content and no mention of any of the multiplayer stuff. Well, we also found out that Star Wars Jedi Knight Jedi Academy, which is the first game in the series, is going to be coming in early 2020. And that one will include all of the online multiplayer scenarios and maps. Interesting. So interesting to me that they're doing the second game first, but it makes sense given that they're implementing online for the first game. And I'm guessing that's maybe the more beloved version of the online. I don't really know. Yeah, and I guess it would make sense to really only focus on like one of them for uh, the the online stuff. That that is really interesting. That like, you know what, uh, you know, uh, preserving and like representing games uh, as single player experiences, um, you know, obviously has this like preservation like aspect to it. Um, but there's like a very real finite amount of multiplayer stuff that you can preserve simply because for the game to exist, people need to be playing it. Mm. And if you're like, we're bringing back these two multiplayer games, they're basically identical. You're just splitting the player base in half, which is already a niche crowd totally. on a you know platform that is more niche than like the PlayStation 3 or PC or whatever. Um, so it's uh, I, it makes sense. It's just a, a weird thing to kind of do the mental gymnastics on. Also, uh, both games are going to have gyro aiming controls. Okay. We learned that Peachette will be coming to Mario Kart Tour, the upcoming mobile game. Yes. And so this will be the first time that Peachette is playable in a game outside of New Super Mario Bros. U, where she was introduced by, like, Peach, could, or excuse me, Toadette could um, get a crown power-up. That super crown. It's called the super crown. <laughs> would turn her into Please Peachette. don't disrespect it by just referring to it as a crown. That's it's right. It is a crown. super crown. It went to six years of school to get that title. That's right. Look, did you go to super school? <laughs> no, you couldn't hack it. Please use the honorific super when referring to the crown. Um, so does this mean that she she's a selectable character as Peachette, right? That means she's like a separate character? Yeah, seemingly. Okay, so it is not like a glow-up version of Toadette. It is... She transforms into a separate character. Yes. Crazy. This is wild. This is unprecedented. But here's what I think. Yeah. I think that if Nintendo really wanted people to spend money on Mario Kart Tour. Yes, I'm there with you right now. They would make... Bowsette. Bowsette. Like, look, this, this money 
on the table. Servers would melt. That's right. We would no longer have cell phone towers. They would (laughs) melt. Everyone would download Bowsette for a dollar, three dollars. $3, $3, I think, no question. $3, no question. Bowsette. Put her behind, like, one of those gacha mechanics. Oh, my gosh. And it's all just, like, the different ets. And, like, people would be into it for, like, oh, yeah, I want to get Booette and Bombette. Mm-hmm. Like, those are all great ets. Yeah. Uh, but Bowsette, oh, my gosh. She could be, like, a five-star uh, plus S. And, like, <laughs> we, would, we, would, we would just go until we got her. But I think Nintendo, you know, they've said in the past that they don't want to monetize these things too heavily. So they know they're just going to make her unlockable for free. Well, all right. That's, that's fair. Please, Nintendo, just, just give them what they want. Shovel Knight Gold Edition Amiibo is a real thing. Yeah. He, I like Shovel Knight. I like Amiibo. And yet here I am forced to ask why. This is a Shovel Knight who is gold. Uh-huh. Uh, it follows in the footsteps of the gold Mario and also the silver Mario. And the gold... Who else was gold? There's a gold Mega Man. There's a gold Mega Man. Um, But that's it so far. And now Shovel Knight? Yeah. I don't know. It's also like the inglorious introduction of this one was a little weird to me. So we have the three Shovel Knight Amiibo set that's coming in December. And then there were like whisperings Whisperings. of a gold uh, Shovel Knight. And then you were able to get... Echoes on the water. (laughs) You could like pre-order it from GameStop last week and then yeah. Best Buy. Then it got officially announced. It's coming in December. I don't entirely understand what's going on with this thing. Does he transform into gold or is it just no. like to commemorate it's the just, awesomeness? It's of- just like that's another way to release uh, an Amiibo is just spray paint the thing gold, um, <laughs> which is cool. You remember in my apartment, I used to have a dinosaur spray painted gold. Yeah. yeah. from We got that from Ryan Mogi. Oh no! So the, those were on. She got that idea from us. Oh, uh, we that we had um like a I don't know maybe like five inch tall uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex um, made of plastic that we just spray painted gold and like had out on a, a black table. Oh, I don't remember that. Um, it's just a nice like little accent piece. And Ryan saw it and was like, "That's a good idea." Bought tiny little dinosaurs that she spray painted gold and put on the top of mason jars that she gave to us for Christmas. Yep, which is a very cute gift. Finally, uh, last night, a new update for the Nintendo Switch firmware was released that addressed a bug where if, for some people, if you bought the Fire Emblem Three Houses expansion pass, you just weren't able to launch Fire Emblem at all. Oops. Uh, And so that's been fixed now. Okay, good. Then the update also includes alarm notifications. You can set an alarm. And then online play note invitations. Which is interesting, right? Because currently, if you're not in a game... You, if I'm not in Mario Kart and someone invites me to play Mario Kart, I won't know that that has happened. But how do you invite somebody to play in Mario Kart? Oh, that's actually a really good question because you can start a room, but yeah, I don't know, I don't know how to do that. Anyone? Like, can you invite people through the app and now the notification appears online? Is it only for certain games? I genuinely don't understand. More how that's research to work. is necessary. We will figure this out, or we won't. But we're, we're really leaning on our listeners here. Yeah, so email us, Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com and let us know. Also, is there historical precedent for a Fire Emblem expansion pass? I'm just wondering what this is going to include. Sure. Do you think it's going to be like an entirely different story? Kind of like um, the Torna, the Golden Country? Oh, interesting. Because um, so that was so- part of this 
expansion season pass as well, right? It was part of the season yeah. pass, um, but so that you're or talking Xenoblade about Chronicles Xenoblade too. Chronicles, right? Um, but I mean, that's kind of a that ends up being a separate experience, right? Like you can play just Torn of the Golden Country if you want. Um, I'm expecting it to be more like uh, Fire Emblem Fates. Um, so in that game, there there were two paths, and you bought which path you were you were gonna play, um, either the birthright or God, I'm not uh, conquest. Revelations. It doesn't matter. I don't I don't remember the names of these things, and I'm tired. <laughs> but there, uh, the, so there's one where like you uh, fought with the family that raised you, and one where you fought with um, the family from which you were born. And then there was a sort of uh, third scenario that came out a couple months later, which like kind of wove the two tales together, and like it was its own um, ending basically. Uh, and was more difficult. So I'm guessing that it's just like, you know how there are two versions of the um, Black Eagles story? I'm guessing that it'll give like more versions of the story. Maybe each house gets a separate version, or you know, maybe more characters in another house? Yeah, like, do you think they'll like introduce an entirely new house and it becomes Fire Emblem Four Houses? I mean, or like there's a, a version where like you don't become one of the house leaders and you can just like recruit anyone. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I think there are there are certainly ways for them to go um to make it uh different. Like it would be cool if like you uh could join as a student instead of as a teacher. You know, like there there are a lot of different ways um that they could go, but I expect it to be like here's another way to experience what is the main game. Um, so, like, real important for second playthroughs, um, but maybe not, uh, you know, no, le- less like, here's another set of, it's not like, here's a new month. It- it'll be bigger than smart. that, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Suddenly you have to deal with Smarch, uh, which of course means that there's, like, an undead willy in there from The Simpsons. Uh, and the whole thing is like Nightmare on Elm Street. I do not expect to see that. All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. Okay, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like this episode, you could share it on Facebook or on Twitter or with the person who's sitting across from you right now. There's someone there. If you don't see them, it means they're hiding too well. Share this episode with them, please. On Twitter, you can follow us. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. And the show is at Nincart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Apit Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apitbetty.com or by listening right now. From my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying we missed something with the Goldfinger Torn of the Golden Country. We could have woven those two together, but I don't know how. But thanks for listening. new podcast barely Barely composed Composed, with us feminine trio each week we write a brand new comedic song with one of our funny friends listen and subscribe to barely composed on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts brought to you by campfire media campfire